what's going on everyone welcome into connected by seams podcast episode one seth smith alongside danny espinoza garrett smith here we are fellas first episode how you guys doing how was your week how's everything going on your end it was good it was good had a great weekend um had a great week and was excited to get that that first episode done and uh it was a lot of fun yeah right up there with you um weekend was good uh some some good weather and weeks off to a good start but uh how's your how's your mountain bike trail uh you know the mountain bike went a little it was great but there's one little spill that uh (laughs) decided to go into wwe mode head over heels (laughs) flat on my back but you know there's video evidence we saw it yeah a little little side note to the ride but it was all right still a good weekend yeah it was still good (laughs) You're here for the next ride. You're ready to go. Danny, Absolutely. you're you're not out of the woods either. The, I, I saw your leg. How's that thing doing? Oh, it's good. I just, you know, got checked by the handlebars and just out of that. nowhere. It oh, happens. Man. It's like they're never, like they never there. But <laughs> yeah, I got hit the brakes a little too hard going downhill and ran into, must have, I don't, really don't know what I hit, but must have hit the side or something and, yep, crushed my knee. Gee, have you done, have you switched to the uh, clip-ins yet? Not yet, and this was evidence of why I haven't yet. Yeah, we were talking, yeah. Danny and I pre-show, because he only took what was it, two rides until he was just like <laughs> committed to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to use them all the time growing up, doing all my BMX days and everything. So You're committed, I'm, man. I'm not. I'm not a, a rookie with it, but it's been right. a minute since uh, I've used them, and I just want to get more acquainted with bike again and yeah no well i think if i could do it i'm pretty sure you can do it i know i, I know i, I just do it. i just I went just, for it yeah like <laughs> i would be a lot more uh, a lot more timid on the trails once i'm clipped in for sure but i just um, i loose i loosen the they loosen the clip in for me so i can just pull you know and i can clip out real real quick yeah, I, yeah. but um yeah i'm sure i'll take a slide with the bike here soon <laughs> hey, that's fun. That's what you sign up for. That's the fun stuff. Yeah, it's good. That's what makes yeah. stories. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of which, we have a a story of our own to tell, and that is uh, our first guest, our first interview dropping. Um, like Danny said, so much fun getting to know Brandon Laird. Um, I mean, the local boy. We all kind of knew him. Danny, obviously, you guys winning a gold medal, etc. Together. Um, but man, that was that was a heck of a first interview. I'm sure you guys can agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I was um, pretty shocked at how smooth it went, how well it came together. Obviously, it makes it nice to interview somebody that is used to doing the interviews. And um, I, I don't know. I was just I, I was pretty surprised that it went that well, and the questions and the answers were seemed to flow in pretty, you know pretty easy yeah and i i couldn't agree more um i actually i i felt a lot better about uh going forward with this idea after the <laughs> interview and it's almost like one of those things where i wish it wouldn't have gone so smooth we can do yeah. this um, yeah but yeah no it was a great interview and got to learn a lot of cool things and i i really was surprised at some of the the notes he was making on playing over there and yeah. um in the you know the changes and differences between the games uh the u.s way of life uh for baseball and and um and the money aspect uh yeah like when when he said he mentioned that you know his minor league career and and in total 
he was making one contract in one contract over there, which was oh, by far. I mean, but he, you know, he's making big money over there. You know, oh he's, no, he's I doing don't doing really that. well. Yeah, and you know, it's. I think people when they look at Japan, they look at the Korea, they don't realize how much money they do pay to go play mm-hmm. over there. I mean, that's a very good competitive league. Um, it's just not followed well in the United States, which is unfortunate because you miss out on a, on a different style of baseball and a lot of good talent. Well, that's what's so cool about KBO playing that's right now. I mean, and that's, that's what's so cool that we were able to chat with him and him on, you know what I mean? Outside of the States and just that different perspective. And I mean, KBO is, there's people that gravitated towards it. You know what I mean? It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, and things like that, but yeah, it was it was pretty neat. I mean, shoot, like you said, it went smooth, and just just for him to say yes to doing an interview sixteen hours apart. I mean, right? It was the day it before was, he goes it was easy to set up. And, you know what I mean? It right. was easy from from the beginning, and and we don't want to spoil too much, but man, that was no, it. but I mean, it was just crazy. Just I mean, outside of the baseball stuff, which for me, I had a little. I've heard some of the adjustments you made. But I had no idea with the life adjustments and stuff that, you know, he was just used to having just, you know, the bare minimum sometimes of just they don't have maybe just the stuff that he's used to. So having yeah. to bring a suitcase of the stuff that he wants yeah, you know, just yeah. To, to go about a normal day. I was complete, shocked at that. Complete lifestyle change. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, without further ado, we'll play the uh, interview with Brandon Laird from Japan. Enjoy. All right, welcome into another episode of Connected by Seams podcast. Once again, Seth Smith alongside Danny Espinoza, Garrett Smith. We welcome today's guest joining us all the way from Japan, Brandon Laird. Brandon, thanks for taking the time joining the show, man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got doing it. Hey, good, doing good. Yes, sir. Sixteen hours can't stop everyone, right? We uh, we thank you for joining us. What time is it there? It's ten thirty in the morning. 10.30, looking nice. Sunday, yep. There you go. Sweet, man. Nice. Well, cool. A little bit about you. I mean, you played three major league seasons, highly touted prospect coming up, 13 years total now professional. Um, obviously, baseball running strong in your family. Older brother, Gerald, also playing in the big leagues. Um, but before all that, let's, let's kind of get going in the journey of, of the early days. You went to La Quinta High School, powerhouse, um get drafted turn it down elect to go to cyprus junior college play for legendary scott pickler um you know just kind of briefly tell us about that you also played with our boy danny um in in taiwan i believe team usa that was also during high school just kind of if you want to get into those early days yeah uh i mean i just grew up in a baseball family man uh you know my dad played and you know never professional but you know i heard stories you know my grandpa he said he was a good uh, second baseman. My grandfather played, um, you know, tried out for the Brooklyn Dodgers back in the day. And uh, his first cousin is uh, Bobby Do- Hall of Famer Bobby Doerr. So, yep. I mean, he was brought up in the, in the baseball family, you know, and, uh, you know, just always, I was a little brother, I always wanted to follow my big brother's footsteps. So, you know, oh, yeah. uh, any chance I got at the Lily Field, I was at a bat and ball, I was telling somebody to pitch to me. Like, <laughs> you, know, hey, I, you always found a pitcher, I'm sure, right? Always, man. Like, that's the story my brothers and friends t- say. They're like, Brandon always had a bat and ball and was always had – I didn't even know the person. I'm like, hey, t- pitch to me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, um, you know, went over to La Quinta. You know, my brother – I was supposed to go to Rancho High School because that's where I house is right there. And 
my brother transferred over to La Quinta after a couple of years playing at Rancho and um, for Dave Demers. And then, you know, I just followed in the footsteps and decided I'm going there and, um, you know, had four good seasons there. And like you said, I got drafted by the Indians. Uh, you know, at that time, my brother was, you know, up in the big leagues and he just, you know, was giving me advice saying, you know, uh, I've been through the minors, I've been through the grind and you're like young and immature and, you know, do me a favor, like don't sign, you know, like it's just, you're not ready. Yeah, you're lucky you had that guidance that a lot of people have that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was the high school kid saying, no, I want to play pro ball, I want to play pro ball. And he's like, dude, trust me. Like, I know you will, but, like, I've been through it, man. It's not as easy as you think. And, you know, I'm just looking out for you. So, you know, I think he's like, I think you'll be good if you went to Cyprus for a year, even two, and, you know, got older, mature, you know, got bigger, stronger. And, you know, I decided to do that. And at first I had a good year at Cyprus my freshman year, and I was on the draft and follow when that was the time. And so no other yeah. team could talk to me. And um, I feel like it kind of screwed me a little bit because no team talked to me. And then the uh, Indians ended up not wanting to sign me, offer me what I want. So I had to go back for another season. And, you know, uh, luckily uh, the Yankees just took a chance on me. And, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, great organization to be drafted by. And, you know, for people that don't understand what he's talking about when his brother says, uh, hey, go to college for a year or two. I mean, going to junior college, college doesn't matter. That experience, rather than playing at noon in yeah. the Florida State League with a bunch of 18-year-old kids, you know, <laughs> that kid's old. I don't care what, you know, oh, you're getting paid to play. Yeah, you're getting paid $1,000 a month to play yeah. at noon. Well, shoot, we, and we got the OEC repping well. Three three guys from, from that conference, Garrett, OCC, you, Cypress. I went to Santa Ana. I mean, you went yeah. to college, but the D1, you know what I mean? It's – College was, yeah. was huge for all of us, if I if I had to say. I remember uh, Santa Ana. I, 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 my mind was set on Cyprus because, you know, obviously my brother went there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I went to a visit at Santa Ana. What was his name? Don Sneddon? Yeah. Yes, oh, he's the man. He showed me around and everything. He was, like, so set on, like, oh, uh, Brandon, you know, Laird's coming here and this and that. Like, I kind of gave him hope that I might go there. And <laughs> I, I knew in my head, like, I wasn't even – gonna go there and i felt so bad and I, <laughs> we don't have to tell nah, you had to follow footsteps right. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no I, uh, I mean let's let's dive into juco you went to cyprus and not only had success but i mean you rank in the top all-time career bases at number one second mm-hmm. in games played rbis all of that i mean you didn't just go there you went there and had success you talk about gerald guiding you but you got to put in the work and and if you want to just kind of dive into to junior college in general and, and just your Cypress days. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've always been like a good hitter. Like, you know, that's, a, that's been always my, my strong point. Um, I just feel like it was always my, my body and, you know, my defense. So that's what I had to improve on a lot. So, so it was I to mean, go there and with a mission of this is what I'm working on, this is what I'm getting better and I'm getting out. Yeah, I mean – I knew my bat was always going to be there. It's just like, you know, all the teams were always saying, like, oh, where are you going to play? You know, you know, I don't know speed. You know, you're too slow for third and stuff like that. So that's what I wanted to focus on. And, I mean, I, it's hyper. I mean, it's Juco. I mean, I played third, first. I mean, I even itched, you know. But um, I just knew – I just always told myself, you know, if I hit, they're going to find a place for me. Very uh, true. Uh, and then at that time, uh, my first – uh, our pitching coach was Dave Keith. He's out with the Yankees now. Yeah, yeah. I remember Coach Keith. He's the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And dude, and he always would tell me like, Larry, man, you, know, you could hit, man. You know, you you belong D one, and you know this and that. 
And um, that was my freshman year. And then the next year, he ended up being a scout with the Yankees. And he always liked me. And, um, you know, I, I started, I had a good season as the draft was going on. And, you know, I was, my name wasn't being called, wasn't being called. He called me. He's like, dude, I mean, uh, I'm telling the Yankees, like, to take you in the next in a couple of rounds. Like, you know, we saw him. Like, dude, I just want to, I mean, the draft's in the 20 something round now. I just want to get drafted. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Summer school. I was in summer class because I was like, I might have to go to Arizona State. And then he called me and they're like, hey, the Yankees drafted you. And, um, you know, this is what they on offer you. You want to sign? You, re- you ran out of class. <laughs> I literally still up. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I literally got drafted. I think I got drafted on like a Monday or Tuesday. I was gone Thursday. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Going to JUCO and betting on yourself like that, like how much do you like – Played for Coach Pickler, like how much did that help you as opposed – I mean, your brother kind of guided you in that direction, but how much did you – that experience and knowledge that you gained from going there? Yeah, I mean, I feel like going there helped me a lot. Like, I'm, I'm looking back, I, would, I, I wouldn't have been any other way, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, even talking to my brother, he's like, you know, you sign out of high school, he's like, you never really play with wood bats. He goes, you go have a bad season your first couple of years. You know, what are you going to do? He's like, go go to Juco, play one or two more years with a metal bat in front of Stan and, you know, you know scouts yeah. and stuff like that. But, I mean, I just think, I mean, it's a good conference. I mean, you play against a lot of good talent. Um, I definitely think it, you know, helped my game a lot for sure. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. this, the second go around, you mentioned the Yankees call your phone again in the 27th. Um, yeah. How was it different this time, being a little bit older? Uh, you know, you talk about your reaction, but – when you find out, is it a little bit different uh, the second time around? Uh, getting drafted? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, in high school, you know, the, I mean, it was cool, you know, obviously getting drafted by the Indians out of high school and everything. But, you know, it's just – I think the second time I was just as excited. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just – I mean, you're getting a chance. No matter what, the excitement's still there. You know, it's like yeah. what you paid for your entire life. Once you start getting in, you know, to a competitive, like, travel ball and then you get to high school and Juco, like, that's what you're playing for, you know, if, like, if that's what you're trying to do. And, uh, yeah, the realization of getting drafted and stuff starts to become true. Like, oh, exactly. there's an opportunity. You know, there's a real, there's a real chance now. Yeah, yeah, it's the start true. of the dream. And um, honestly, going in the twenty seventh round, um, I mean, usually you don't, you know, get a lot of money. I mean, I got a decent amount of money for that round. Yeah. And so it kind of like showed that they invested in me a little bit. Yeah. You know, I knew I wasn't like you know the top five. You know, the first, second rounders. Uh, that you're going to probably get more opportunity. But I just wanted the opportunity, man. That's just to go play and show what I can do, you know, with my bat. And um, my first year in the Gulf Coast rookie ball, I think I, I hit like 339 with like eight homers. And I think that like put me on the map right there with the Yankees. So it's doing all right. It's a huge year. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a great segue into, you know, the, the next step in minor leagues and that success early on. And then you go to the Eastern League and you were player of the year, rookie of the year, anything you could be. Uh, with Trenton, and then uh, you make your debut at a place, uh, Yankee Stadium, I think some people have heard of. Uh, if you want to just, just kind of talk about that day, uh, maybe not just that day in general, but just kind of the process and, and it coming to fruition, walking out at Yankee Stadium, uh, yeah. 2011 uh, in your debut. Uh, I remember that year, too, because uh, that was the year A-Rod went down a couple of times. Like I didn't get called up, and I was I was doing pretty well, and uh, they called up Romero Pena, and I was kind of all pissed. We're in Toledo, Ohio, I remember. Um, <laughs> I'm all pissed. Like it's amazing not, how those memories come back. Not so sore at all. 
And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, when you're in the minors and like you're in the clubhouse and everybody's like, oh, dude, A-Rod's went down, dude. Like somebody, somebody's going, going up. Going. Yeah, so <laughs> start thinking like, oh, is it me? Is it me? And then, uh, you know, Romero Pena went up and everything like that. And then like literally like uh, four days later, he went down with like, uh, uh, he got hurt somehow. And we, we, were, we were going to, on a bus ride to uh, Columbus. We got in like at five in the morning or something like that. Like a 10 hour bus ride. And I get to my room, I'm passed out, my phone's vibrating. I'm like, find my mom or something. I'm like, I'm not answering. I just happened to glance and I'm like, number. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, hello? And so our manager, he's like, Lerdo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sleeping, we just got here. He's like, you get up and pack, you're going to the big leagues. I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I freaking like, got all my uh, slacks out. My, you know, because at that time, you're like, you, you never know if you're going to go up. So you always have to have like a, you know, suit yeah. or like, nice Yeah, trip. yeah, emergency. Yeah, I started ironing right there and called my, <laughs> call my dad. My dad's at work and he's like, what's up? I'm like, hey, I just got called up to the big lease. And, you know, he was all static. He's like, I'm off. I'm going home having a beer. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that one takes yeah, work, but I'm off now. <laughs> um, but then, That's awesome. uh, just the whole like build up to like get in there, you know, like packing the bag, get in there, and then going to the uh, uh, field, packing your bags and all like that. And then it took forever though, man, because I had to go, I had a layover in Detroit, and we we're about to take off, and a huge storm rolls through. So we had to sit on the tarmac for two hours. Oh, so it's like you know the anxiety. Only fitting. Like, I did just giving you too much time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting on the plane, like, damn, I want to get there already. Because the team was yeah. when I was flying to Tampa. Okay. Oh. And then I, uh, I get there, I get there in like the sixth inning, and the big game's already going on. I'm like in the clubhouse throwing my shit on. I walk in the dugout, everybody's like, hey, congratulations, you know, this and that. And like, right when I sit down, dude, it was uh, uh, Andrew Jones throws me the fucking like catcher's glove, and he's like, go warm up the pitcher. And I'm like, what? <laughs> then, uh, was already ready so he like ran out there but then he got me again and uh he's like go warm up the pitcher in like the ninth inning i'm like what who is it freaking mariano i'm out there with, like no oh, gear right. on. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like barely tossing back to him your first day in the big leagues you yeah. caught mariano rivera in the ninth inning yeah, he's doing me the catcher's glove in the ninth because russell marlin just got out and he had to put his gear on oh my like, oh my god <laughs> Like not even stretched or anything. I'm just and I'm like, oh, it's Mario. And then he saw me like down there, like kneeling down. He's like, he like laughed. He just like threw a fastball. But I was, I was like, oh my! <laughs> is is that like a, a typical rookie haze kind of thing that they do? Or I mean, I mean, they do different things. But I mean, I wasn't expecting. Oh, anything. that's hilarious! Yeah, no, for sure. I was like so shaky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that is Hell awesome. yeah! You, you think? Oh, that's <laughs> that's a good story. I never. I don't think I've ever heard that. Going back the next, literally the next day, my whole family's there and everything like that. And we go shopping at the mall. We're staying at the mall. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm the big time, you know, I'm in the big days. And I read the schedule wrong. So I go to get on the bus. I thought I got on the early bus, but I got on the late bus. Hey, like, oh, no. I'm, I'm waiting on the bus. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, nobody coming? Like, I'm on the first one. And Mariano <laughs> walks on, sits in the front seat. And then the bus starts going. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, just me and Mario. Like, like, the Where's the camera? Like, what's going on? There. Like, my locker was right in the middle of Jeter and uh, Andrew Jones, and everybody's there. I'm like, what the hell? So then, uh, oh, the sheriff me. Terrible feeling. Oh, my, my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, stomach <laughs> drop. I get in there, and they're like, hey, uh, third base coach wants to see you in the office. I'm like, all right. 
So I'm walking and everybody, the whole club starts following me. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then he's like, what's up, Lerdo? I'm like, what's up, Tom? He's like, it's a nice outfit. You just get that today? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. And he's like, yeah, that's big league. I'm like, oh, thanks. And he's like, you know who that is? I'm like, yeah, it's Jeter. He's like, Hall of Famer? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know who that is? I'm like, yeah, Z-Rod. Hall of Famer? I'm like, probably, yeah. He's like, yeah, they've been here since, you know, noon. Where the fuck you been? I'm like, <laughs> 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 he's like, he's like, this is the big league's kid. Don't ever freaking get on that late bus again. I was like, oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, the next day I was in a taxi at like 10 in the morning. <laughs> If you're going to be Mariano's personal catcher, you have to ride the bus with him. You know what I mean? Oh, like, dude, you got to get to know I'm him. Like in the back, all the way in the back. What's going on, dude? Oh, that's great. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, that's right. <laughs> dude, you've been, you've been name dropping. Speaking of which, can you name, fun fact, who you had your first hit and RBI against? It, all, it came in one play. Do you remember the pitcher? Yeah, um, uh, was it, uh, it was uh, the lefty, Craig Breslow? Yeah, it was. That a boy. Oh, Breslow. Yeah. yeah my nice. First, my first bat was against Joey Devine, and the first ball went, like, behind me. Oh. He had, like, he had the yips, I walked, and then the next at <laughs> bat, I was like, I'm, I'm swinging, dude, I'm swinging. Yeah, base hit the center. That a boy. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Nice. Very nice. All right, so we paused the interview right there with Brandon Laird. Um, boy, what a ride from his high school days dominating all the way to reaching, reaching the big leagues. Um, I know us three, we were all very intrigued. Um, plenty of questions, discussion um, throughout the interview, especially uh, in the early parts here. Um, but for me, what really stood out is, I mean, how about his brother, Gerald, who – you know, is playing pro ball, not only, you know, doing it, but doing it well, having success and, and still having the mindset and just kind of awareness to look out for his brother and recognize, yeah, I know you can go play pro ball, but you don't need to do it right now. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that to me is just something you can't really replace that or get that from many other places. Sure. Your high school coach can tell you this, that, but this is your brother. This is the guy you've looked up to him and I thought it was pretty cool his brother, you know, doing that for him and, and Brandon listening and kind of appreciating what his brother says. And I mean, took, took it, went to college and, and the rest is history, you know? So for me, that, that really stood out. I don't know if you guys want to go around, maybe talk about what stood out for you guys. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was big for me too, because not everyone, very little amount of percentage of baseball when you're coming out of high school or college can sit there you can call someone, a sibling, and say, hey, you know, what's your experience? What's your thoughts? And for him, his brother already in the big leagues to say, hey, wait, go to college, get some strength on, develop your game a little bit more. Because like I said in the interview, I mean, you sign, you're going to play a noon game in Florida heat in 110-degree weather every day, and you're going to do early work before the game. Seven like, people there. Yeah, the, or seven people if you're lucky. Seven people include the umpires and someone's mom, you know, or dad sitting in the state. I mean, come on. There's nothing there. Yeah. And for him to go to college, he, the guy could always hit. From when we were young, he could always hit. Very good hitter. But for him to go to college and develop his strength, he probably grew a little bit, uh, was able to refine his hitting even more to see more velocity before he went into pro ball. 
I'm sure that helped his game a lot because he ended up going to A, a, a ball, high A, double A, having an unbelievable year, triple A of the big leagues. I mean, he had a really good road, not to say that nothing was handed to him. You know, he was a late round pick that said, they said, go out and prove that you should be here. And he did it. Yeah. Yeah. He took a big bet on himself and it paid off in the end. And not all, like you guys have been mentioning, that doesn't, not a lot of people are as privileged and lucky to have that, uh, that call out from a, a relative or a close friend or anyone like that to, to get themselves in that position. But I mean, for me, not, not too many people also get up to the big leagues and within, you know, the first 20, 30 minutes of being in the big leagues, you're out catching Mariano and warming him up in a game. So, I mean, how many people get to actually cl- make that claim? Unbelievable. Uh, not many. Not many at all. Um, and, and what I, was going through his head at the time, you know? Right. Like, they, I, I couldn't imagine all that anxiety, all that buildup, and then you get out there and then just – that's a different kind of pressure that he's not even prepared for and in an right. uncomfortable position and goes out there and handles it like a champ. And and I think that's – I think that's uh, that's character building for sure. Yeah, he probably would have been more comfortable going to taking that bat off Mariano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big league state. You literally throw a mask over your hat and go, go behind go the plate. There. You're not, you're not yeah, suiting you up catch, back catch this ball that's going to Try to catch the best cutter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't know where that's cutting out. Like, oh, man, I could, that would be – I mean, that's great. I would love to do that, something like that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, that's a heck of a story, man. I had, I had no clue that – that's a good point, G. I had no idea that I've never heard that anyone, you know, getting punked like that. That's pretty. That's pretty good hazing right there. You know what I mean? Even if it wasn't Mariano, like, just to have to go out there and, you know, unexpected, yeah, unexpectedly, like, like, yeah. No, I mean, usually you got your other catcher in the in the dugout, but you never know, the backup catcher or the catcher who is getting a day off at the time. You know, he just. He might have been going to the bathroom, whatever. There's a million reasons why he wasn't there right at the time. Double play could have ended their inning early. Yeah. And instead of a coach doing it or somebody that has probably caught a little bit, they're like, yeah, Brandon, just head on out there. Good luck. <laughs> what, what a veteran move by Andrew Jones, though. Oh. What a, you know what I mean? Like, looking out and he's like, yeah, we're, we're doing this. Uh, yeah. That, Didn't even probably no think. No hesitation. No hesitation. Yeah. He smelt the blood in the water. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about dude the name drop on that roster 2011 oh a rod G- his locker between jeter and andrew jones like if you don't learn a thing about being a professional then i mean i don't know i don't know if you have any better examples right there that that was unbelievable yeah i mean if there's if there if there's you know that the story he told about being late too yeah calling the office i mean that's <laughs> Yeah. I would have been so scared. First of all, if they told me to come back in the office after my first day, I'm like, they're sending me right back down. This yep. is terrible. That's what I thought he was going to say, something along right. those lines. And, you know, for him to be on the second bunch, which is a huge no-no, on my team coming up, when you were a rookie, you weren't allowed on the first bus. You took a <laughs> – you had to take a yeah, taxi really like, or the first bus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was like the fact that he took the second one on accident because of the game time and everything – he gets on the bus and it's only him and Mariano. Like, oh. that's Mariano's. <laughs> that's Mariano's bus. Chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised Brendan he didn't spike there. one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he had some good stories, but uh, yeah, he said the roster that he came up with. Yeah. 
all-star Hall of Fame roster. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Crazy. Yeah, pretty cool stuff, and and he's not done yet. Uh, We'll get back to the rest of the interview, but Brandon just kind of touches on when he uh, starts his career in Japan, and and we'll let you listen to the rest. All right, so your your journey, Brandon, kind of takes you from playing uh, in the States, and now you've continued your professional career, uh, now playing in Japan with the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. I hope I'm saying that properly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. you uh, you sign with them, begin your Japanese professional career. Um, just early on, what did you notice right away, uh, other than maybe like language, stuff like that, but like um, playing-wise or just adapting-wise, uh, right away, what did you notice was, was going to be a difference? Um, shit, playing-wise, man. Uh, I mean, my first, my, when I first signed over here, man, I mean, I just, just the way they, the style of the play, it's just a lot, it's just small ball, a lot of bunting, like, First batter gets on our three hole hitters like button them over. I'm like, what are we doing? They're like, you know, it's just really? stuff like that. yeah, we still do it. I, it's like stuff you got to get used to. And, um, you know, I was just getting breaking ball to death by like 3 0, 3 2. Um, so, like, and then like uh, outside the field, uh, I feel like the uh, biggest thing was like you said, the language barrier. Um, you know, but um, I mean, my whole, my, my whole process was just coming over here and like, you know, I wanted to just, Adapt, like like embrace the culture and like just just take advantage yeah. of the opportunity you know and and i've always i've always been like that like you know i'm always like we go on the road like i go out and bow just look around so like yeah, i feel like yeah i feel like that's if, by doing that my first year um you know really helped me settle in over here in japan you know a lot faster and easier when you're out and about uh is it is it obvious and do people know that you're a baseball player that you're there for that yeah uh for sure um i mean baseball is huge over here i mean like they say like sumo wrestlers at the top sumo at the top and then baseball but i mean they take their baseball serious and they i mean they love their teams man like especially like um Ho- like hokkaido because they're up north first and they're on their own island so like they only have uh, fighters you know yeah. so, like we would go you would take a drive on the off day like go up the coast like you know a little town three hours two hours away and if somebody saw me like oh they all do they all do they know their players man and that's so cool. um, that's here, cool. here in chiba it's a little different kind of style of living it's more like living at home you know the city and everything but we're yeah. close to and tokyo is really close and you got the giants you got all these teams but i mean i still get noticed you know walking around here but it's not not as much as you know up there in hokkaido yeah, yeah. You know what? Cool. now tell people you know I think when people think that you're not in the big leagues, that they just dismiss other leagues. They don't understand, you know, how hard it is to still get to Japan, to get yeah. to a Korea. And, they, you know, people don't understand, you know, how do you get there? Everyone thinks that, oh, it's only, you know, those Japanese are playing there, only Koreans are playing there. Yeah. Try to explain a little bit of that journey as far as, you know, how you got there. Because you were with us. You were with Washington. I was. just come off a year, hit – three three something with 20 something home runs a bunch of rbis and didn't get into the big leagues that, that year and then he's in japan and now for the people that don't know i mean he's had a very fi- good five or six year career over there that's you know i mean it's a life-changing career over there yeah i mean definitely i revived my career man i mean my, like you said my last year i was with the nationals had a good year and um uh, it happened. It came about because, like, you know, my brother would always say, "Like, dude, you should try to get over to Japan. Tell your, tell your uh, Keith, try to get you to Japan." 
So I would tell Keith, I brought it up to Keith one time. He said, yeah, that's, you know, that's, not, that's an, an option and this and that. And uh, happened to be the fighter scout was uh, in Syracuse watching, but he wasn't even there watching, looking at me. He was there looking at, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Some big righty we had, uh, Brock. Remember that guy, Brock? Can't think oh, of it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He had bomb, he had homers, he had a lot of power, and he was there actually watching him. And um, Beasley at the time um, knew the scout, and for some reason I was walking into the clubhouse, and he called me over, and he's like, "Hey, this is uh, Matt Winters. Uh, he's a scout with the fighters in Japan." And then Beasley is like, "You think you could hit over there?" I'm like, "I hit everywhere. I, I hit anywhere." Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly what kind of that? <laughs> exactly what I said. And the scout Matt was like, "You know what? I like that answer. I, I like that confidence." And then. Like, literally, like, a week later, my agent called, and he's like, hey, a team in uh, Japan's, like, interested in you. I'm like, oh, shit. So, um, he's like, but for next year. I'm like, okay. So, like you said, I had a good season and didn't get called up. And, you know, I was a little, I was a little bitter, but. Understandable. Very yeah, understandable. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of, like, what do I have to do, man? Like, I don't have to prove anything anymore. I put up numbers. I don't get the opportunity. So, uh, you know, in the offseason, we went home, and my agent was like, hey, they, they're serious. You know, they want to get the deal done pretty quick. Um, you know, this is what they're offering. And, you know, that the money was like better than anything, more money I made in my entire career in the minors. And uh, me and my wife, you know, sat down. We're like, this is, you know, let's, let's just take a chance. I mean, why not? You know, what do we have to lose? I and mean, we go over there, you don't do well, you're we're right back in the same situation, you know? Yeah. So, you know, Isn't that such a, that's such a baseball story where, where the scout's there for another guy and you're the right guy in the right place where something happens. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, with most sports, but before I went to the Nationals, I was in camp with Kansas City. You know, and obviously they call me like, "Oh, you're going to be competing with Mustakis." You know, just you two. And then like a week later, they signed Danny Valencia, and then they signed this guy. And then next thing you know, I get eight at bats, and they send me down. They're like, "Oh, thank you." So I, me, I remember me in the meeting, me and Ned Yost got into it a little bit, and uh, after I walked out, and my agent called, I said, "Dude, what'd you say to Ned?" I'm like, "I just." I didn't, like, it wasn't like disrespectful. I was just like, I'm like, dude, like, you know, I'm not impressed with the numbers, you, the guys you're showing me, all this and that. And literally, like, uh, two days later, I go to like minor league camp, and they're like, don't get changed. I'm like, all right. And they're like, we traded you to the Nationals. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, man, I mean, looking back, dude, uh, I'm happy I chose to, chose to make the decision to come over here. Heck yeah, you've gone to Japan. You've had an unbelievable career in Japan now. You've made a lot of money. I mean, life-changing money. Uh, been able, you know, shit, you're set now. You know what I mean? I mean, you've yeah. been able to – I don't care what people say about, you know, obviously the goal is to be in the big leagues for as long as you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to take care of your family, and that's what you did. You went over there, and to go over there, it's got to be a tough adjustment, you know, through your whole life, not just baseball adjustment, yeah, not the way how they play, but your, a life <laughs> of adjustment. And you went over there and you, you succeeded. And now you've turned, you know, that success into a great career in Japan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it got to the point where, like you said, like, you know, everybody wants to play in the big leagues and get 10 years and get the pension. But, well, you know, I was getting up in age. I, I signed over here. I was 2015. My first year, I was 27. I was like, I was like, maybe like, like how many more times can I do like a September call up? I mean, the money's good, but yeah. it's not like the greatest. Right. I was like, how many more times can I do these bus rides and these hotels? And I mean, I got to the point where I'm like, dude, like you said, uh, 
I got to start. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing. I got to try to make as much money as I can. It's not about service time anymore, you know? No. It's about money and providing for my family. And that's exactly, you know, you're exactly right about that, man. And coming over here, I mean, you can come over here. Like you said, I've made, I've done well and you can make your own pension over here. hundred percent. So hundred percent. Well, your successes have been talked about. We'll, we'll dive into them. You mentioned your, the style of play is bunting. How, how does someone hit 30 plus dingers in a league that, you know, you got to sacrifice bunt. Um, I think it was 2016. You led the Pacific league 39 home runs, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's going there and having success. Just kind of uh, what what kind of helped with that, I guess. Dude, my first year was like, Slow. I thought I was done. My career was over. Like at the All Star breakout, I was hitting 145 with like my home runs were there. Oh like wow, 15 homers and like 45 ribbies. But my average was like I didn't think I was gonna hit above 200. Like wow, <laughs> like I have struggled, but like not that bad. I'm like I didn't know what was going on, man. Like there, I was swinging at everything. I just couldn't adjust to the pitching, you know. Like so, I finally. I just, you know, I, uh, and then another thing that was bothering me, like the whole, like the way they play, like bunting, squeeze, this and that. And I would come home like every night and like vent to my wife, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, what? and she finally was like, dude, I'm tired of you venting. Like, I'm tired of hearing it. Like, just yeah. do you, worry yeah. about you, control what you can control. And I feel like you're going to have a lot better time. You're going to play better. You're going to have a better mindset. And honestly, that, like, I mean, that helped me. I just stopped worrying about all the shit they were doing and, just focused on me and know what I can do and how I, you know, like my hitting, I know I could hit. And then uh, it all happened at the uh, all-star break. My coach took me to dinner. This is where the sushi came about. And I went to a sushi, <laughs> restaurant, went to a sushi restaurant and the chef was like, dude, I know you're a good hitter. I believe in you. Like, this is going to be your good luck meal. Like change your luck for the second half. And uh, after that dinner, man, the second half, I, that's when I, you know, I went off and I ended up hitting 34 home runs my first year. And I think I ended at like, 234 but like i mean that was a huge i already had you know 300 at bats yeah yeah that's a big jump for sure yeah and then but that was the night he was like hey tomorrow if you hit a home run around third base you got to do this sushi like you made sushi i'm like all right so i hit a home run the next day and that's how it <laughs> so sushi boy embrace the moment i love yeah. it yeah. Sushi Boy is uh, – it, it, that is a legit – that is what, what you're known as, Sushi Boy. You joined the yeah. Zoom call and it was Sushi Boy. So, obviously. But, yeah, my first year – and I, I give a lot of – you know, I have a lot of respect for my manager that year because, like, you hear some horror stories about coming over here. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's oh, yeah. no way that's, like, normal. Bad, bad, go home, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it still happens. It still happens. You see good players come over here and they play with, like, a certain team. And sometimes they're just not with the right team, you know. And yeah. they, they're, not, they're not patient. And they just don't give them the opportunity, the bats that they need. They just want, you know, results like that. Yeah. Um, luckily, the fighters are – they're one of the better teams that are more patient with the foreigners. And our, the manager over there, man, he's awesome. Like, played me every day. He's like, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. We always ask him how I'm off the field, how my family's doing. Um, and, I mean, I feel like the reason I'm still in Japan, one of the main reasons I'm still in Japan is, you know, because of him. Any other team, I probably would – I would have been shipped out. Or in the minors, you know? Yeah. So. No, that's awesome. To go through that adjustment, have a success that you've had, and to run into a manager that gave you the opportunity to see that there is adjustment in baseball and life to be there and to, you know, stay by your side is, Absolutely. you know, those are few and far between, as yeah. you know, we all know. You don't run into people like that very often. No, they want you to get off the plane and just hit homers, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, there's a lot more that goes into it, man. I mean, I yeah. the language, like, I don't know if I'm going to like the food. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not just baseball, but, I mean, 
uh, like I said, whole lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, that's the, I feel like, and now giving advice to all the foreigners coming over, I just, they always ask like, how is it? I'm just like, good, embrace it, go out, learn the culture, you know, respect. It's an awesome culture, a beautiful country. And I feel like when, when you do that, like you, you, you enjoy more and you just, you know, like I said, you settle in a lot. You breathe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Well, the, oh, awesome. the backstory behind for everyone of uh, the Sushi Boy celebration is every time Brandon goes yard, uh, I didn't know it was when you rounded third. I thought it was across the plate, but you. Oh, no, the, this is this is around third, but like the new one is like in the at the dugout. Well, maybe a sneak peek. What, what is the, what, you don't have to show all the bells and whistles, but what is the new celebration? Let's, uh, if we could see it. So I go there, like I reel it in, like I reel it in, and then I, you know, slice it up sashimi, and I put it on the rice, and then I give it to my teammate, so, Miki, Miki, and he eats it. And he eats it. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so that's, uh, that's happening awesome. as you cross home plate, or like when are you starting the celebration? No, no, like you I step? hit home plate, and then go, you give high five to that, like the whole dugout, and at the end, I do it. Okay. Okay. Always the uh, same guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that, awesome. that's, that's he gets like set down or something, you know. Well, hopefully he's hungry, <laughs> man. You down. I was looking for him, and then I just ate it. <laughs> you gave him. I was gonna say that fool put on some weight. Yeah, he probably you gave him a bunch. Plenty. Like, 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 he would do it. He's like, oh, fool, fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's does, um, awesome. does, do you guys know about the home run that he hit? Uh, what what beer sign was it that you hit? Oh, the um, yeah. Have you guys no. ever seen this one? No, I did. My dad was talking about it the other day because uh, I told him he was coming 2016, on. That was yeah. Yeah, tell me about that one. Um, uh, in Tokyo Dome, if you ever seen like a video of Tokyo Dome, there's like these big. Um, signs like 7-eleven and beard and whatever yeah. if you hit to know at the time if you hit one in a live game you get like whatever that sponsor like offers you and uh money so uh, i hit the kieran beer stein in the game and after the game they're like dude you won 10 grand cash and free beer for a year i'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> like literally like the next day like i woke up literally to like 150 text messages no like, way. Beers on, on you, dude. You're just on Sports Center top ten. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. I had to do like this. Like um, they came, the Kieran, like you know, CEO, and they came to the Hokkaido and did like this press conference, and they, they wheeled in like this big old uh, <laughs> crate of beer. Yeah, like it was probably like fifty, like sixty. Someone fanning you, like oh my god. I was gonna say, so they, so they limped up to the, the bar. I just started handing it out to everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. It's been cool over here, man. I didn't think yeah. I'd be here, you know, six years, going on six years and seven, you know, seven years. But no, well, you've had you've had great success, and um, I wish you all the continued success. You know what I mean? You've done a great job, and oh, Dave, just you, keep man. keep doing it. I love watching you. You keep playing, and um, like I said, keep doing your thing. No, I appreciate it, man. Like Adam Jones, he's over here now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Have he's you made like a hundred million dollars? I know. <laughs> I'm all started. He's still here, man. Yeah. I talk to him sometimes on Instagram. Yeah, he's doing. He got a good contract over there. You got to keep playing and getting paid like that. Had to. Yeah. yeah. I thought I didn't. I mean, I, honestly, I thought he was gonna come over here, like, and all this whole thing going on. Like, he's like, oh, I thought he was gonna be like, I'm going home, like, you know. Yeah. I've been talking to him. He's like, heck no, I'm staying here. So yeah, you have I'm, you have connected with him. Yeah, uh, we played them in uh, practice games, uh, you know, about a couple months back, and we talked a little bit. And then in the offseason, when he signed over here, I reached out to him and said, hey, like, 
uh, been there, you know, six years. So you need any like information, like what to bring, like, you know, what you can't yeah. get over there. Um, you know, let me know. And I was just telling them also like that, like bring like, yeah. you know, uh, deodorant and like the NyQuil, DayQuil, you can't get all that stuff here. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, what a like, trip. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things that you can't get. Like we have a Costco here. <laughs> Um, just, I mean, that's, that's pretty much like at home, but it's a little different, but like other, like deodorant, you can't get it all spray. Uh, just, oh. we brought a suitcase. Oh, Living that ax life. Suitcases, you're full of like menudo and. We brought all El Pato. And he's like, what the hell is in here? You're like, dude. And they got, it all got here. He brought he brought his he brought his uh his gallon bottle of tapatio with us. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally, my parents and my grandparents came out last year, and my parents literally brought me like sixteen bottles of tapatio. I'm like, yeah, I didn't need this. I'm like, I feel like I was sponsored by tapatio. <laughs> That's that awesome. Good. The certain things you know, you got that you miss and you gotta have. So yeah, I hear you. Well, shoot, dude, before we let you go, what's uh, upcoming for you? What you got going on right now? You guys, you, you're back at camp tomorrow? Man. We got, like I said, we got our first team practice tomorrow, uh, 9 a.m. Um, they're saying that we're going to start June, 20, uh, June 19th, but, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening because the state of emergency goes through the 31st, and then we're supposed to just be ready for a game season in 19 Two days. weeks later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't see my pitching in. You're robots. Come on. Months. But honestly, nothing's nothing surprises me here. So Yeah. Yeah. But our manager's uh he's he's really cool. He played in the States, um, the White Sox, Iguchi. Oh, yeah. Second oh, baseman. Second oh, baseman. Uh, yeah. 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 Iguchi. Is he he's yeah. the is he the guy that made the play like upside down? Yeah, for uh the no hitter. So sick. Yeah. yeah that's that's right. Yeah. He's man, awesome. Cool. He, he he gets it, dude. Like uh he'll I'll go to Philly, he's like, Hey, you're the DH you're DH today, like only your legs fresh or like practice. He'll be like, "Hey, you know, you don't need to practice today. Go home." He, he's he's pretty chill. That's and tough. this That's is awesome. and, and what yeah. team is that again? The Chiba Chiba Lote Marines. So I've been fortunate to be played for two pretty you know really good managers here. Yeah. I kind of like understand it, you know. Yeah. That's a wild time. You just signed in January with them, right? So you're you're uh, almost- yeah. Last year was my first year here. I'm. I didn't. I didn't have a job. I, I so I thought I was done then too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Keeps the train going. I was gonna go. I, I mean, Korea was interested, but I was like, I'm not going to Korea. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. After all six year, I was like, I don't. Just, I, I feel like I should have a job in Japan, but you know, everything happens, and I signed and had a good year, and you know, now. I'm- Would you go to Korea if it, if the if you know say in a year or whatever? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have went. I probably would. I was just gonna wait it out. Like I was just gonna sit at home and see if a team in Japan, you know, because they could sign guys like in, up to July. Yeah. And my name, you know, it's pretty known here. I was like, maybe right. some, you know, want me down mid-season, and um, I finally was just. I kind of put my pride down. I was just like, you know, coming off like a pretty good salary and taking like a big pay cut. I was kind of upset. Yeah. And uh, right. my wife was like, "Hey, like, you know, it's still a job, still good money, you know." Yep. You're comfortable there, you know the yeah, lifestyle. I just, I just yeah. had a season, man. I was pretty much just last year. I was just I came with a different mindset. I was on a mission, you know. I was just I had to like have a good season, and everything worked out. So good, man. That's so awesome. Cool. Well, we Happy wish you nothing you. but success. Absolutely. Good luck with yeah. whatever yeah. tomorrow brings for you, man. But 
we're looking forward to uh, following along with you when the season does get going. But again, 16 hours all the way from Japan. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah, I appreciate no it. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, no problem, guys. So we hear the final end there of the interview with Brandon Laird talking about his experience making the move, not just the easy casual move, but uh, all the way to Japan playing international. Um, but boy, he's sure made a, a career out of it. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe something stood out for you guys. That is a, a heck of a change to go over there, not just playing wise um, and things like that, but just like we've said over and over, just a complete lifestyle change, uh, getting used to the different environment uh, and setting, things like that. Uh, maybe you guys want to touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, just hearing this whole story is is a very cool um, in and depiction of you know going from the major leagues and the u.s style of baseball going across to across the the big ocean over into another whole nother country and for me just somebody that we three danny you knew him a lot better than we did but somebody we knew growing up and uh getting over there and being successful and seeing and hearing that story it's it's really cool um you, you hear a lot of stories of uh, their, their players coming over here. There's, you know, a handful of great guys that have done it. And um, to hear somebody from the U.S. going across and then that person being somebody that we knew and know, I think that that's, uh, that's really awesome. That, that much more I, kind of relatable for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and for me to – to listen to him and having gone through it in the United States, but you know, you go to another country where you're making lifestyle changes, you're making adjustments in the league, not knowing how they pitch, not knowing exactly what their style is. You know, he telling us that, you know, if the three hole hitter comes up to bat and the guy hits a double, you're bunting them over. Like, what? That doesn't happen in the United States. And he got off to a slow start. He was telling us, hit a bunch of home runs, but he was hitting 150 at the all-star break. And he said it. And I'll repeat it, that he was very fortunate to have a manager that stuck by his side, pulled him off to the side and said, hey, we're going to stick with you. You're our guy. We trust you. We know you can hit. Calm down. Do your thing. You know, second half, he comes out, ends up leading the league in home runs and ends up hitting 230 or 240. But at all-star break, when you're hitting 150, 160, to end up at 230, 240, I mean, that's a huge second half. So to hear him talk about the struggles that he had, the adjustments he had to make, and to give his coach credit for sticking by his side, it's, a, it's an awesome story. You don't hear that too often. And Danny, I'm sure you've, I mean, you've dealt with your handful of coaches. So for, for you to appreciate that, I mean, no more than more than others I, I imagine because yeah oh yeah because you don't you don't always get someone you know I've played for managers that are great about that that Danny is gonna you know, keep going blah, blah blah they're right you know they're by my side I've had I've been fortunate I've had two or three managers that have done that but I also played for a manager that was completely the opposite way um you know if you went two for three maybe you played the next day didn't matter but I know if you didn't get a hit, you weren't playing. You know what I mean? So to hear that he had a manager that was like, dude, you're going to be fine. Just keep doing your thing. We're by your side. That's awesome. I love to hear that. 
Um, that's how you have to give guys an opportunity to grow in baseball in the sport. You can't look at a small sample size back. Nope, that's not our guy. You got to look at this guy and say, we're going to give him an opportunity. And he's fortunate that he did because he's now turned that opportunity into a great career in Japan. Yeah, I was just going to say, sometimes it's something that small that can really turn around a career, especially when you have all that weight on your back. I mean, talk about the money. He signed a huge contract. People recognize him. He's, you know what I mean? He's, he's no longer little fish in a big pond I mean he is the big fish if you go over there you know um so I think yeah just for him to be able to you know shake all that off and come back from it and shoot six years now or whatever over there that's that's saying something that's a very respected league and it's pretty cool I think it's also he cool he's embraced the culture you know sushi boy you hear about his his home run celebration and really cool that he showed us and and just to tell us the story behind that you know what I mean and his lucky sushi dinner and then sure enough goes yard the next day like of course you got to make a celebration so I thought all that was cool it basically I I think it was neat to kind of see his personality and and him just you can see why he can he just stays right here you it doesn't look like he gets too emotional doesn't get too down or up and and so far it's it's worked for him uh over there which is pretty cool to see but that's uh that was our first interview and and Gio, like you said at the beginning he kind of unfortunately set the bar pretty pretty high but <laughs> yeah. um I I tell you what you guys uh you'll be excited for our next uh couple of guests that we have lined up it should be a a heck of a time uh upcoming we're excited about it here at Connected by Seams I know myself you guys um yep. very, it should uh, it should be pretty cool there'll be some fun stuff coming soon um but shoot guys we did it episode one is is in the books it's the hardest one glad it's glad glad it went well yeah, we're out of the way we broke looking forward to keeping it rolling theme. yeah we broke it, the theme and we're going for it i like it i'm yeah. excited looking forward to it hope you guys are as well again we're connected by seams hope you enjoyed episode one again can't thank uh brandon laird enough playing professional baseball in japan for joining us but Again, for Danny Espinoza, Garrett Smith, I am Seth Smith. That was episode one of Connected by Seam. Stay tuned. We'll have more episodes coming very soon. Thank you.